0: This is the Old Radio Shows Podcast. International Silver
1: Company presents The Silver Theater. Starring Leslie Howard with Rita Johnson in Study in Triangles. Brought to you on behalf of two of the greatest names in silverware, International Sterling, world-famous solid silver... And 1847, Rogers Brothers, America's Finest Silver Plate. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen.
2: This is Conrad Nagel welcoming you to the 15th of the new series of Silver Theatre Dramatic
1: Productions. Next week, you'll hear Myrna Loy. And in future weeks, James Stewart, Jane Bryan, Andrea Leeds, Lee Tracy, and others. Today, we're proud to present Mr.
2: Leslie Howard with Rita Johnson. In A Study in Triangles, an original dramatic fantasy by True Boardman. This is one of those stories you can believe or not, just as you wish. Maybe it never happened. But on the other hand, neither you nor I can ever be completely sure. And now the lights are being dimmed and the silver curtain is rising on the first act of study in triangles. It seems there was a certain author who was married to a most charming and understanding girl who was also an author... We first meet Steve and Marge Turner, that's the said author and his said wife, as they're entertaining friends at dinner one evening in, well, June is as good a month as any.
3: We're so glad you could come to dinner.
2: I'm not. I wanted to work.
3: Steve. Well,
2: why should I lie about it? What are friends for if you can't tell them the truth?
3: <laughs> what are you working on now that's all engrossing, Steve?
2: Oh, if I told you, you'd laugh. You'd probably say I was crazy. You, you can wait and read this one when it's finished.
3: I wouldn't, Lord, Steve.
2: No, no, you wouldn't, Marge. But that's because you're a kindred soul or something. Being writers, you and I live in a different world
1: from Ray and Ella.
2: Things that seem real to us only seem fantastic to them.
1: Barn a couple of humbugs.
2: For instance. For instance. Suppose I, would to- I told you that I was writing a novel about my ideal woman.
1: You mean Marge?
2: Marge? Good Lord, no, Ella. I said my ideal woman. A wife is only an ideal till, you're, till you married her.
1: Oh, Steve, that sounds just
3: like Oscar Wilde. Oh, go on about your dream woman, Steve. Who's she like?
2: She's like no one. She's different from anyone who ever existed. She has every element a man could ask in a woman, and in the exact proportions. Beauty, intelligence, mystery, whimsy, everything. She's the most genuine person I've ever put into a book. The most believable, and yet the most perfect.
3: Well, I think you'd be jealous of her, Marge. How do you know I'm not? But, of course, it isn't the first, first of these heroines that I've had to compete with.
1: Well, none of the others ever came up with Sybil. Well, so her name is Sybil. Uh, what is she, a misunderstood shop girl?
2: She is not. She's a girl of noble birth back in medieval days. Her lover is a knight. What's your name? My name? Oh, don't make me laugh. You're always the hero in your own novels. The knight in this case is Sir Robert. But there's a reason why he can't marry the lady Sybil. I
3: know. He's made a vow to go on a quest.
2: No, nope, he's married. And who am I, Steve? Lady Elaine. Now, ah, I should say that the knight's wife is the Lady Elaine. She has been a good wife to him, too, and faithful. But How good. sweet
1: of you. Well, tell us more about this lady, Sybil, Steve.
2: Sure, unveil the lady of mystery. I will not, and I'll tell you why. Because to you, she's a gag. Something to joke about. Just another of the mad brain children of the mad Steve Turner. That's what you think, isn't it? Oh, no. Oh, you needn't lie, I know. Well, she's not a joke to me. She's real. The only real character I ever wrote. She's... M- Oh, don't let's talk about it anymore.
3: Steve.
2: Well, oh, look here, old man. I had no idea you were so in earnest about the whole well, thing. Well,
3: we'd better think about starting.
2: Starting where?
3: For the theater, Steve. Have you forgotten we were all going to The
2: back. theater? Now, you don't expect me to go to the theater tonight. How would Lady Sybil get along without him? Now, look here, all of you. I'm in dead earnest about being wrapped up in this story. and Nothing else is quite so important. And I will not waste my time going to see some... play. Good night.
3: Steve. Well, I must say. I'm sorry. He mm. Lady Sybil must be calling very insistently.
1: Yes. He's certainly serious about this ideal woman business, isn't
3: he? I don't know, Ray. I don't know how serious he is. I wish I did. Poor Mark. Poor nothing. I wouldn't trade him for any man on earth. Now come on, let's be sorry. <laughs>
2: Now, let's see. Now, as Lady Sibyl stood before him, gowned in rich, flowing silks, there could be no doubt she was incarnate, the woman of whom Sir Robert had dreamed. She stood silent for a long time, and when at last she spoke, it was to complete the charm. Slowly, she said... Slowly, she said. What did she say? Oh, Sybil, Sybil, what did you
3: say? I am here, my lord. Fate, which truly guideth our lives, has brought me hence.
2: Yes, that's it. That's what. I, 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 beg, I beg your pardon. Did I? I didn't hear you come in.
3: Not hear me. Not us, just Sir Robert.
2: Just yes. oh, wait a moment. Who, 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 who are you, anyway? If you're looking for a fancy dress ball or something, I assure you this is the wrong address.
3: If thou wouldst fain make laughter, Sir Robert, thou hast chosen a poor time. Thou knowest well I am the Lady Sybil, come many leagues through cold and storm for love of thee. The
2: Lady Sybil? You don't mind it? Who
3: else?
2: Good Lord, I'm dreaming. I've fallen asleep over my typewriter. That must be it. Steve, wake up, wake up!
3: Ouch! What is this strange ritual, beloved? Why smitest thou the table thus? Is it some charm?
2: You mean I'm really awake?
3: Faith, thou dost speak in riddles, Sir Robert.
2: But isn't isn't there anything strange about me?
3: In truth, thy dress is different. Where is thy vest of chain mail? Oh,
2: I I should have that on, should I?
3: And that machine before thee. Is it some instrument of torture? Robert, thou hast not sold thyself to...
2: To... To the devil? No, no, only to a publisher. It's the same thing. Ha, you don't find that funny, do you? And truly, your very speech has changed. Oh, yes, yes, I... I yes, in faith, it must seem uh, passing strange. Yea, uh, verily.
3: Ah, that is more the man I long have loved. Uh, tell me, uh,
2: tell me, uh, uh, fair damsel, thou knowest full well that I am in sooth already possessed of a wife.
3: The Lady Elaine? Of course. But thou shalt give her up. Oh. Oh, Robert. Think not that I come willingly betwixt thee two. But only once in each three hundred years do a man and woman meet who are to each other the perfect ideal. In such a case, how can anyone stand betwixt us?
2: Oh, I, I don't suppose they can. Oh, by heavens, you are lovely. And to think that I made you. I mean, that is your, my creation.
3: What
2: sayest thou? Well, I was just thinking aloud of the the miracle of you. You are a miracle, you know. Never in all of history, let alone 300 years, has there been anything like you, uh, like thee.
3: Oh, Robert, then thou hast made thy decision betwixt thy wife and me.
2: Oh, I, I must make a decision, must I?
3: Forsooth. at once.
2: Yes, well, look here, you know, there's just one thing. If I decide against the Lady Elaine, what about her?
3: She will have to go. It is fate.
2: Oh, oh, it's fate, is it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, now, Sybil, please. This is a momentous decision. What's the? I mean, could the? Uh, that is, may I? May I have until tomorrow to decide?
3: Tomorrow, alack! It is a thousand years.
2: Well, of course, nothing would surprise me.
3: But tomorrow it shall be. Meanwhile, beloved. Oh, my still working, darling? I was
0: worried
3: about
2: you. Oh, Elaine. You. I mean, Marge. This is the. Sybil! She's gone. Darling, what's wrong with you? Marge, look. Now, that's not... I mean... mean, uh, uh, You don't see anyone else in this room besides me.
3: Someone
2: else? I know. What's a test for sanity? Ask me something. Anything. What
3: are the primary colors?
2: Red, yellow, blue. Right. Then I'm sane. Do you know what it means? What? It means that she really was here. I've done it. It's wonderful. Who was here and what have you done? Sybil, I've written her into reality. She was here just before you came in.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, you said that she was the most real character you'd ever written, but this is a little more than even I had expected. Uh, uh, tell me about her, Steve.
2: Oh, wow, she's perfect. She's a vision of loveliness. She's unbelievable. Why haven't she is that, at least? Well,
3: her appearance rather complicates matters, doesn't it? After all, she wouldn't be here if you hadn't wanted her very badly.
2: What's that to do with one of my characters coming to life? I've created hundreds of people on paper. That's
3: what you said yourself, Lady Sibyl, was your masterpiece. The one real person you ever wrote. And apparently, she's a bit too real.
2: Oh, no, but I mean... You know,
3: know, Steve... Perhaps I can account for Lady Sybil's appearance. Anyway, it's a theory. What's that? Well, I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but we writers are inevitably gods to the characters in our stories or plays. We bring them into being, control their destinies while they live, and whenever we feel so inclined to do so, kill them off. They're completely at our mercy. Yes,
2: we authors are gods to the characters we create. Marge, you know, there's wonderful philosophy behind that. But it doesn't account for Lady Sybil. Her destiny seems to have gotten out of control.
3: Exactly. Remember the legend of Pygmalion?
2: What, Pygmalion? You
3: know, the sculptor who carved the figure of a nymph so perfectly that he fell in love with her, and then she came to life. Oh, yes,
2: yes. But legend's never come true. Well,
3: it seems that this one has. The real question now, Steve, is what are we going to do about it? I don't
2: know. If she'd only come back so we could talk it over. Sybil.
3: Sybil. She's gone, all right. Steve, forgive my curiosity, but, uh, did you touch her? That is, do you have any idea whether or not she was solid? I mean, flesh and blood.
2: Oh, yes. No. What well, comes to think of it, I don't know.
3: It seems odd that she should have disappeared into thin air that way. Uh, did she give you any inkling as to when she'd come back?
2: Well, she said something about tomorrow morning.
3: Oh. That doesn't leave you much time, does it? Time? To decide. Of course she told you that you'd have to decide between us.
2: Uh, yes, yeah, she said Do You... Uh,
3: Mind my asking how you felt toward her?
2: You mean, am, am I in love with her? I
3: suppose that's what I mean.
2: Oh, good Lord, I hadn't thought about it. I, I suppose I should oh, be, Oh,
3: I think you owe it
2: to her. Yes, I do.
3: Well, I, I don't like to seem insistent, but what are we going to do about all this?
2: If only the three of us could talk it over. Marge, we can. There's a way we can. Oh. Now, look here. If I've written of Sybil in my book in such a way that she came to life for me, why won't she for you? That's the answer, Marge. I'll go and get some sleep. Meanwhile, you read the manuscript and try to conjure up my lady, Sybil, for yourself. If she should come back, you can wait.
3: All right, Steve. Oh, wait. Before you do go in there, I...
2: what, what What are you looking in there for? Oh, you mean you think Sybil... I must
3: confess that... I wouldn't have been at all surprised, would you? No, I know. I... But uh, she isn't there, is she? No, not that I could see. Now, go ahead, Steve. Wait. Kiss me. Oh, Marge, my darling. Thank you, Stevie. And now, if Lady Sibyl does beat me out, at least I'll have that to remember. Good night. Oh,
2: Mar, now, come here, Mars. Really? Good night, Stevie. Good
3: night. Ah, oh, Sybil, Sybil. Well, let's see now. Triumph of Sybil by Stephen Turner. Well, that's an ominous title. Oh, well. The lengthening shadows of sundown cast an air of enchantment over the purple heat. And the castle on the distant.
0: She was a woman of
3: heart. But now as Lady Sybil stood before him gowned in rich flowing silk, there could be no doubt. She was, in kind, a woman of whom he had dreamed. She stood silent for a long time, and when at last she spoke, it was to complete the charm. Slowly, she said. Well, what did she say? Thou art expecting thee, Lady Elaine. Oh, oh. Oh, then it did work. You're you're, you're, you're Sybil. In truth, I am the Lady Sybil. Of course. Forgive me. And you're all he said to me. Then Sir Robert has spoken of me. Sir Robert." Oh, oh, yes. Yes, I must confess I know all about you. Well, that is nearly all. Robert has told thee that I am his ideal of womanhood. He intimated something of the sort, yes. Then, of course, thou wilt stand aside. That depends, Lady Sybil. That depends. Just a moment. With a ghost, though. With a ghost eye. Why, to complete this rather surprising triangle. This, it would seem, is a matter for all three of us to settle.
1: The silver curtain rises on act two of A Study in Triangle, starring Leslie Howard with Rita Johnson. Once again, the lights
2: are being dimmed, and the silver curtain is rising on the concluding act of Study in Triangle, starring Leslie Howard as Steve Turner, with Rita Johnson as Marge Turner. Lady Sybil, Steve's ideal woman out of the dim yesterdays, and the heroine of his new unfinished novel has reappeared. This time, to Steve's wife, Marge. And at the moment, Marge is waking Steve from a surprisingly sound sleep.
3: Steve, Steve, darling. Oh. Steve, wake up. It's Sybil. She's here. Oh,
2: is, uh, tell him I didn't want any.
3: Who? what? What did you say? Well, Lady Sybil, your ideal woman. Remember? She came to life for to me, too. Oh, Ooh. good heavens,
2: no. Hand me my robe. Yeah, yeah. oh, w- w- what she's really here is. She, what did she say to Just you?
3: Just what she said to you, that you come to claim you. Oh, she has, eh? Well, what, wait a
2: minute. What, what, what am I going to say to her? That's
3: what I'm wondering, too, darling. Are you ready? No, yes, but well I'm a get it over. Got, Come on. Oh, you're still here, I see, Lady Sybil. I am, in truth, Lady Elaine. Elaine? Oh, that's my name, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice name, Elaine? Oh, I've watched thee, Sir Robert. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Hello, hello, Sybil. <clears throat> I am returned, beloved.
2: Yes, I, so, so I see. You have, uh, thou hast met my wife?
3: Lady Sibyl and I have been talking.
2: Oh, you have. Well.
3: Well. Well.
0: Lady you know, Sibyl, Mr. Robert
2: Robert, asked... Oh, what were you saying, Sybil?
3: Surely, Sir Robert, there is no need to delay this interview. She's quite right, my dear. It's up to you to make it as brief as possible. You know you're really the the sort of (laughs) chairman. Yes,
2: yes, of course I am. But uh, you'll admit that this conference of ours is somewhat without precedent.
3: Well, suppose I help you out a bit. Lady Sybil, you expect me to leave, Steve, uh, Sir Robert. In other words, to abdicate in Mm. your favor. Understand, my dear Lady Elaine, it is not of my choosing... Faith... I know. Faith, the inveterate trickster. Well, in fairness to you, I think I ought to warn you about what you're really getting into. Do you know much about Sir Robert? Know him? He's my ideal. I know your ideal man, and vice versa. I'm aware of that, but... I wonder if you know some of the idiosyncrasies of this perfection. Oh, ma! How he's always unbearable before eleven in the morning. Oh, no. How he's certain to insult every guest that ever comes into the house. Oh,
0: please. How he can forget forget you you so...
3: Utterly, that you'd like to strangle him. I was altogether the most impossible, thoughtless, inconsiderate, and thoroughly adorable
1: man that ever lived. Oh, Ma, that's nice.
3: Think not that her anger swayeth my affection, Sir Robert. I think of thee only as perfect. You see, Steve, that's what you get for your autobiographical prevarication. After this, if you must write about yourself, you'd better paint yourself in your true colors. Why speakest thou thus in riddles? Let us have done with bandying of words. But have you gone, Sir Robert.
2: Yes, but
0: I'd, right, I, I, right,
3: I can't. Dear. You must be done with bandying. You must bid me be gone.
2: You want me to? Don't you care about leaving? I mean,
3: of course, I'm not happy about it. But at least there's some satisfaction in stepping aside for a for a lady Sibyl. Thou art in sooth a valiant woman, Lady Elaine. Oh, but now look here. There's nothing left to be said, Steve. Your duty is plain. Faithful knight, nurse words from path of duty. You hear that, faithful knight, nurse words from path of duty, and you can't go back on chivalry, not you. So, I guess it's all over, Steve, Sir Robert. I won't pretend I'm not sorry, Lady Sybil. Do you suppose that you could go back where you came from for an hour or two? Just give me till daylight to leave. It's so undignified to move out in the small hours of the morning. When Robert and I shall have eternity together, I can spare him to thee until the morn. I shall go. Ah, Thank you. May I see you to the front door? There is no need. No, I didn't think there was. Until the morn, Robert, beloved. Farewell. Uh, uh,
2: Goodbye. Goodbye,
3: Sibyl.
2: You
3: see, Steve, I... I told you that if there was some way the three of us could talk it over, it would be settled. And Well, it, I guess I'll go and start packing. Packing?
2: You're not really going. Well,
3: you wouldn't have me stay with Sibyl in the house. Why not? Well, it would be frowned upon by the best society. Well, oh, the devil with society. Now,
2: you listen,
0: darling. No, darling, I'll... you listen to me. I am
3: going. You see, whether Sibyl is flesh and blood or not doesn't really matter. The point is that she's... Well, she's taken a place in your mind and your heart that I can't share. Not even with... with a Sybil. I've tried to be noble and sophisticated about all this and not let you down, but I was lying. I, I am jealous of the lady Sybil. Terribly jealous. So, it's goodbye, my darling.
2: Good luck. Now you listen to me, Martin. No, darling. Oh yes, no. if you think you're going to railroad me into this, you're crazy. As for Sybil, she can go to the devil. I don't Won't want her. Not
3: want her, but she's your ideal. She's incarnate, oh. the woman of your dreams. Why you're the first man in all history to have the perfect woman come into your life. Well, let her come into someone else's. How life. can you love her and speak like
0: that? no.
2: Whoever said I loved her? Well, did. Well, now get this straight. There's only one girl in the whole cockeyed world that I give a snap of my fingers about, and that's you.
0: Oh, darling.
2: I'll kiss me, darling.
0: Oh,
3: Steve, I was so afraid you wouldn't say that. I won't give you up to her. I won't ever. No, of
2: course you won't. And that settles that.
3: What do you mean that settles that? That
2: disposes of
3: Sybil. Oh, but it doesn't. She said she was coming back in a few hours, and if I know women, even ideal ones, she'll be back to claim you.
2: Well, I won't be claimed. The whole thing's nonsense. Oh, no, no. Look, my darling. Are, are you really worried about Sybil? Mm-hmm.
3: You see, trying to compete with a perfect woman is, well. Now,
2: look, for the last time, I don't want a perfect woman. I want you. Oh,
3: darling, that's the sweetest left-handed compliment I ever had.
2: Well, for your information, Lady Sybil's days, even her hours, are numbered. Now, you go and get some sleep.
3: Where are you going?
2: I'm going to stay here. I've got some work to
3: do. But, um, where will Sybil be? Oh,
2: Mars, now, now, come. Don't, don't say you don't trust me.
3: Well, I trust you, Steve. It's just that I'm not any too sure of Sybil. I... I'd better stay
2: out. Oh, nonsense. You go to bed and stay out of here. Stay out of here till I call you.
3: All right, as long as it's you and not Sybil. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye. Did I say goodbye?
2: Oh, I meant good
0: night. Oh. Now. Sybil. Sybil. Ah.
2: So you've really gone. And, young lady, you're not coming back. The Triumph of Sybil, chapter the last. Plainly taken aback was Sir Robert at the sudden appearance of Lady Sybil. Good morning. There. Ah, you're just in time.
3: Steve, it's morning. Lady Sybil is. That is, she didn't come back.
2: No, I call her.
3: Oh. Sybil.
0: No. Sybil? No, 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 no.
2: Like this. Sybil! Sybil! You see? You see, I'm saved. Delivered from eternity with an ideal woman. ...and doomed to a few mad years with you. Oh,
3: darling, you've done it, but how?
2: yeah. look, you see these? Yes,
3: pages manuscript. It's the last
2: chapter of my book. I wrote it. Now, just before I'd, I'd written Sybil into our lives, now I've written her out.
3: Steve, you killed her all.
2: Oh, Mars, no, no, you insult my poetic soul. No, of course not, no. I just made her a little bit more perfect than she was already. After Lady Sybil found out how much the Lady Elaine loved Sir Robert... ...she knew that it would be cruel of her to come between them. And don't you see, she was far too perfect for cruelty... Now listen, I'll read you the last few sentences. Sybil had gone as she had come, leaving behind with them both the memory of her limits, and thus she had fulfilled her destiny. Sibyl had proved for all time that she was an ideal woman by going back to where all ideals must dwell. Just beyond the horizon... To the west. Oh,
3: Steve, it's perfect. Of course that was the way out. How did you ever think of it? Did you ever hear
2: of a saying called, Love will find a way, my darling? Oh, no. Well, oh, not you mind me. Hand me the first page, will you?
3: Here. Here. What are you doing?
2: you see what this title page said? The Triumph of Sybil by Stephen Turner.
3: Steve, you're crossing it out. Yes,
2: you bet I am. Now, you read over my shoulder as I type.
3: A new novel by Stephen Turner. Lady Sybil passes by.
2: Oh, Stevie. Oh, no, no, no. Don't Stevie me. Come on, let's go down and get some
3: breakfast.
2: <laughs> Before
1: Leslie Howard and Rita Johnson come back to meet you in person, may we have a very special word with the women in our audience. All right, John Carty. Deep in every woman's heart, there's a longing for luxurious and beautiful things. And nearly always, there's one particular luxury she's set her heart on more than any other. For you, perhaps, it's the joy of having your dinner table gleam with lustrous sterling silver. Solid silver through and through. And believe me, sterling silver is far easier to own than you imagine it is. For example, International Sterling has a budget payment plan... It makes it possible for you to buy a complete service of solid silver right out of income. Or if you'd like to start off gradually, you can get one of International Sterling's lovely Me To You sets and add to it from month to month at your convenience. The Me To You set only costs $16.75. It's a place setting for one person. Six exquisite pieces of solid silver And it's created not only in Enchantress, but in other stunning international sterling patterns also. Your silverware dealer will have a me-to-you set ready to show you tomorrow. So be sure to visit him. Then you can see the rich, lustrous beauty of this sterling with your own eyes. You can get all the details firsthand and learn for yourself how very easily indeed you can own solid silver that will go proudly with you all your days. International sterling silver. And now back to Conrad Nagel, who is bringing Leslie Howard and Rita Johnson to the center of our silver stage. You, well, first of all, I'd like to thank Leslie Howard and Rita Johnson
2: for a couple of swell performances. Thank you, Conrad. They will take care of several points of information. Uh, number one, Leslie Howard can now be seen in Bernard Shaw's British-made Pygmalion. Number two, Miss Johnson can soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mare production, The Girl Downstairs, starring Franco Tone and Francesca Gall. And finally, we'll hear from our stars themselves. Well, now, Rita, have you have you got any news? No,
0: have you?
2: Well, I just wanted to assure everyone that true Boardman's delightful fantasy was not meant to be taken too seriously.
3: Really, Leslie? No perfect women? No, my dear Rita,
2: no perfect women. There really are no Lady Sybils, except perhaps in our minds.
3: Oh, that makes me a little sad. Yes,
2: it is rather saddening, isn't it? But imagine how awkward it would be if a lovely creature popped out of nowhere every, every time you said a phrase like, Slowly she said...
3: I am here, my lord.
2: Rita, did you, did, you, did you hear that? Yes, my dear. Yes. Uh, just a moment, just a moment. Slowly, she uh, said...
3: I'm here, my lord.
2: <laughs> Excuse me, Conrad. I think I'd better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Good night,
2: Leslie Howard. Good night, Rita Johnson. I pray that our boat finished soon to our silver theater.
1: Silver Theater will star Myrna Loy in an original story debutante. Conrad Nagel will direct, and of course there'll be more original music scored and conducted by Felix Mills. In the meantime, if you want solid silver, you want international sterling. If you want silver plate... You want 1847 Rogers Brothers, both proudly created by International Silver Company. Silver Theater originates at Columbia Square in Hollywood. John Cotty speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.